Hey, Ruthann, I want to give a shout out also to our friends over there at Talkin' Trucking with Deaton and Dottie. Yes, Talking Trucking. No G's. Talking Trucking. Yep. And, and you know what? They're a new podcast. They've got 36 episodes. So if you're looking for more entertainment out there, drivers, as you're driving down the road, tune into Talking Trucking. Mm-hmm. Is it Talking Trucking or Talking no, Trucking? No G's. Talking Trucking. Okay. So there's no G's at all. Talking Trucking. Mm-hmm. Head on over there and listen to Deaton and Dottie and their, their guests. They talk about freight rates and all kind of trucking events. And I know driving down the road for 14 hours a day, 11 hours a day, or whatever you guys are doing out there, it's nice to have entertainment. Variety. I mean, we can't always be the best. We have to give other people some airtime, too. Oh, Ruthann. Uh, <laughs> no, they're, they're good. They, they are pretty good. I listened to their show. I actually like their show. So head on over there. Check them out. And uh, tell them Talk CDL sent you guys over there. And uh, get some more trucking entertainment. I want to mention the Camion Break-Even Calculator real quick. If you go to camion.io backslash talk CDL to download it, you can get it for free and it's going to help you figure out where you are lacking or improving in your expenses for breaking even and above with your loads. Yeah. And I think the, the, that program, it, it um, integrates with all the software that you're already using, your ELDs, everything. Mm-hmm. So again, Camion, that's K-A-M-I-O-N dot I-O forward slash. Ruthann calls it a backslash. I call it a forward slash talk CDL. Now listen, it's free. So just go download it and start playing with it and seeing exactly what it's telling you that you're either making money or you're not making money. Mm-hmm. Why not use it? It's free. Hello, it's yeah. by LoadSmart. Go check it out from Talk CDL. So today, Ruthann, on Talk CDL, we've got... Chris Collins, mm-hmm. and not the uh, sports announcer. <laughs> you mentioned that earlier, and I'm like, I have no idea. I don't listen to the sports. I knew you wouldn't know who Chris Collins was. Yeah. But anyways, we've got Chris Collins from Carter Lumber. Yes. And he's going to come on. We're going to ask him a few questions and let let our uh, decent size driver audience hear about the opportunities over there at Carter Lumber. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also got, and it's like, you can call it the white elephant, whatever you want to call it, but... Right now, the controversy, remember that, that truck driver was from Cuba, a couple of, by, I think it was 2019, he got into an accident in Colorado coming down the hill, mm-hmm. and he got 110 years for vehicular homicide, mm-hmm. okay? Um, anyways, the outrage is insane across the country, and it's like, that's all everybody's talking about this week. It is. So we're going we're gonna to dive into that. Um, I've got an article about Tesla. Um, kind of an insane, you know, with their, they're kind of the leader of the pack of autonomous vehicles. Mm-hmm. We got an article about them today where they have this new system in their car called passenger play. It's, a, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So you, it enables you to go down the road and just play video games while your car is driving. That's just more encouragement for these people not to like interact with humans. Well, it's in all sincerity in the testing, I don't care. Probably the next 10 years. As far as long as I live, I don't care if I live 30 more years, I'll be in the testing phase of autonomous cars. I won't be taking my, my eyes off the road. I, my hands will be on the steering wheel. Well, there's something interesting when you said about the passenger play. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. And then uh, we've got an interesting little tidbit I read on uh, one of the sites about 
truck production and trailer production. I've got a kind of a little update on that. Okay, and cool. And we'll get all into that after we take a little break here and uh, identify one of our sponsors, National Carriers, Ruthann. Yes, National Carriers. National Carriers. What a, actually, what a great company. If, if we're being honest, you know, they got top equipment. I mean, when you see a National Carriers truck coming down the road, you know it's National Carriers. You've got them big blue Kenworth T680 double bunk condos loaded. Mm-hmm. They've got lease opportunities. They've got company opportunities, student opportunities, regional opportunities. And if you're a new driver or a driver that's looking to become a lease purchase driver, pick up the phone and call 888-311-7076. Tell them Talk CDL sent you. All right, Ruthann, we've got... Couple things here that are crazy again. Like I called it the white elephant. Let's get really get into that, okay? This this truck driver, okay, he was from Cuba. He and here's the deal: this guy was kind of new in the country. He was a new. He wasn't like a very experienced truck driver. We talked about it not long ago. He was in Colorado, come up over that hill, mm-hmm. coming down that hill. It's you know they have run when when you have runoff ramps. On it's a, a hill. He, it's it's a steep hill. Yeah, it's a steep hill. And so here's a here's a young guy, and he starts going down the hill, loses control of the vehicle, the brakes fail. Hmm. That's got to be scary. And he's rolling, okay? Bottom line is, they what they convicted him was, they charged him with vehicular homicide. And in the state of Colorado, the judge even said, look... I wouldn't be sen- sentencing this guy to what I'm about to sentence him to because even the judge thought it was ridiculous. But they had to give him, according to the, the law, you can't, even a judge can't just go, well, I don't care if the sentencing guideline says I got to do it this way. I'm going to break that. You can't do that. You have to get it changed. And so, unfortunately, had to give him 110 years, you know, which is insane. 110 years because of vehicular homicide. So here's what I want to talk about. This could happen to anyone, especially somebody that's new in trucking. It really could. Yeah. And you know what I was thinking? One of the things that in court they said was he bypassed the runoff ramps, mm-hmm. which, which that's, that was the way they convicted this guy. Um, if you were doing 85, they said he was at 85 miles an hour. Have you ever, you've gone down snowshoe with me and, uh, and ooh, snowshoe don't have runoff ramps, but you've gone down snowshoe. You've gone down some steep mountains with me mm-hmm. um, up in Scranton. They have a, a runoff ramp there. Um, and you know, when the truck starts rolling, if you let it roll, the sound gets louder. The motor starts going, you know what I'm saying? You you get what I'm saying? Right. It's almost like if you're in an airplane and you start descending too fast, it's going, you know, like, oh my gosh, that's the death sound, right? Right. Well, think about this trucker, young trucker. He puts his feet on the brakes. He's not, he can't get it under control. He was going too quick. And he realizes, oh my gosh, What's going on here? You don't have a lot of time to think. Now, in my book, most likely, when that runoff ramp came up, he might not have even really been 
paying attention to that. His his attention was like, how do I stop this? He's sla- he's probably just, oh, standing on those brakes. Yeah, I mean, honestly, when you're you're focused on certain things, I know it's not good as a driver. You're supposed to be knowing all of your surroundings, but he might have been more focused directly in front of him, not the runoff ramps that are to the right of him. You know, the runoff ramps sometimes. I mean, as a passenger, sometimes they are. I don't want to say hard to notice them. But sometimes you don't notice them until after you're past the beginning of that ramp. You know what I mean? To where you would have to whip it over to get into that ramp then. And he might not have been focused at all on the sides of his vehicle on the right. He might have been just completely focused on what's in front of him that he didn't hit what was in directly in front of him at that moment. We don't know. Well, I know this. If it was me, again, you know, the sound of that truck's RPMs going up mm-hmm. and the fact that I'm stepping on these brakes and I'm not slowing down, mm-hmm. you're like, wow. And especially a guy that really isn't seasoned. Most right. seasoned guys would have probably taken that ramp. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the bottom line is here's a young guy. He goes into a Now I'm not saying he shouldn't be, you know, responsible. He's be punished for his actions still. Yeah. He's, there's definitely still a penalty you know, manslaughter is really what he should have gotten. I think manslaughter, it's it, because it. I got some cases I looked up. Okay. This is a manslaughter to me, not a, 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 a any kind of an intentional. He, I don't believe the guy in any way hated people and was trying to go down the mountain and kill him. My gosh. I mean, and that's really the way the penalty ended up looking like it. It looked like. They're taking a hardened criminal. You know, this guy had no criminal record or nothing before. Yeah. He wasn't a, a bad guy. He just was a very inexperienced truck driver in an area that he shouldn't have probably been in, you know, at the time. And and that's what happened. Listen, Does it say how long he had a CDL? I didn't see that, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't long. Because um, he, he had mentioned that he really loves his newfound country, the United States. So he obviously wasn't born here. Mm-hmm. He was born in Cuba. Mm-hmm. So here was a guy that was really like, wow, I'm in the United States. I got the opportunity. I'm a truck driver. This is great. You know, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're in Colorado where, you know, you got these laws on the book that 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 destroy even, somebody. Yeah, even if he didn't have the laws on the book, he had an an area that he's not accustomed to driving in, so he doesn't he doesn't have that experience. I mean, if I being from my country and driving all over different areas, if I'm still going to go to an area I'm not used to or haven't been to before, I'm not going to be aware of certain things and if something comes up where like the brakes ago, or I blow a tire or something. It's 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 a lot to take in at one shot sometimes, and add in just an anxiety. It 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 makes it difficult to handle situations. You know, that's being human. You know, this is just. I'm going to give you my opinion because this is what we do here. Okay. I believe whoever taught him to drive and whoever hired him bears the responsibility. If you're going to take a guy that's that inexperienced, okay, that this happens to him, 
and you put them in a truck, you should probably be responsible. You look at these big companies, Ruth Ann. They make sure these guys have a CDL from a school anymore. You cannot mm-hmm. get a truck driving job with a big company right now unless you've done, I think it's like 160 hours of actual training in classrooms, some you know skid pad, some mm-hmm. driving. And then when you come into their company, you now are required to complete so many hours and so many miles on the road with a trainer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would be really curious. Okay, I'm going to probably look it up now that I am curious because it just popped into my head, to be honest with you. I was really curious, was this guy, did he go through a CDL school? Did he get the proper training from the company that hired him? Was it his first company? How much experience did he have? I would, again, just my thoughts, I wonder. Mm-hmm. I wonder what he went through to get to where he was at. Right. What steps did he take as training and schooling and experiencing? You know, and the other thing was the brakes failed. Okay. The uh, article that I had read said that they, uh, um, the company had all kind of equipment violations prior. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying somebody should be at least looking at the company to see do they bear responsibility for what's going on. They should. So, so check this out. Over 4.3 million signatures on a petition so far across the United States to help this guy out. It says a lot. That's an outcry. That's Everybody was in shock. Now, listen to these penalties. I looked up Colorado, a couple Colorado crimes. Now, listen to the penalties for these crimes. This will make you feel really good. Fatal DUI crash lands man in prison for 10 years. It says... Um, Arapoa, I don't can't even pronounce that county, Colorado, a man who pleaded guilty in a fatal 2015 DUI crash was convicted while under uh yeah, he he was it says here Jeremy Quincy Brown was convicted of vehicular homicide DUI on March 9th in 2016. That's when they had the trial. He was sentenced to 10 years in prison. So now, to me... So they called that vehicular homicide versus vehicular manslaughter like the driver. Yeah. and To me, it's like, wait a second. If you willingly sit in a bar mm-hmm. and start jug-a-lugging beer down... Get yourself a little on the confused side. And then get in that truck. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you think before you got in that, when you stopped at that bar, knowing you're going to have to drive home later... Okay, that that that's more to me of a vehicular homicide. It's, it's premeditated. Absolutely, it's premeditated because you didn't give a flying rat's ass. No. And and so there you are, you know, drinking and then get in a vehicle and drive and you end up killing people. To me, that's more intense. I'm just comparing it to yeah. the. That would be as if the driver purposely took the brakes out so he could run people over. It's the same same ideaism. Exactly. This young trucker was just a guy that, honestly, it was an accident. I mean, yes, there should be a penalty. Here's another one. Listen to this. It says, a Colorado drug dealer was sentenced to five years in prison for seek, uh, for um, for giving a fatal dose of fentanyl to a man 
that overdosed on the drug. He was. This is a guy that sold. He sold fentanyl. Sold drugs. And the guy ends up dying because you know fentanyl is a major killer. Mm-hmm. And they've proved that this guy's selling him the drugs is what killed him, and they gave him five years. This is in Colorado. So you see what I'm saying? Oh yeah, no, I see. Because see, I guess they feel as though because the because the man chose to take the drug. But the point is, is I mean, I guess Colorado just would rather have everybody inebriated. I know that's pronounced that wrong, but they'd rather worry about their their dope and their 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 alcohol than they are on natural accidents. Well. I guess it really comes down to what the prosecution is going to try to charge you with because in it's all in the wording of, you know, we all can sit here and judge, you know, uh, uh, the penalty phase, but at the same time, I think they need to start concentrating on what you're really charging somebody with. Right. You know, this week, CDL Life has an article about a trucker that killed two or three people because of attentive driving. Meaning, I don't know, was he texting and driving? He wasn't right. looking. He wasn't paying attention at came, all. Came up on stop traffic and killed a bunch of people, right? Well, they just announced that, that that's going through the courts right now. They dropped it from felony to misdemeanor. Meaning the guy can't get but a year or two in prison now because it's now going to be a misdemeanor. He's not going to be getting a major penalty. It but he still in, had the same thing that happened to the other driver. The difference is, is one was going down a hill and lost his brakes where the other one was just strictly not paying attention. Exactly. See, the guy not paying attention that kills somebody, he deserves more prison time than the guy that loses right. control of a vehicle and he's he's holding on to it, trying to control it and and and, and get it stopped. I, I again. But it's not that he even was losing control over it. The brakes went out. It was a mechanical issue. It's like a train got and derailed. Are we going to fault the the engineer for it? No, because the engineer didn't derail the train. So. Listen to this one last penalty I looked up. All Colorado stuff. Drug dealer linked to teen's death sentenced to probation. Exactly. A man linked to a Colorado Springs teen's death was sentenced Wednesday. Ryan Coleman, that's uh, a 27-year-old guy, pleaded guilty to drug distribution, uh, police say. They say that... Coleman, along with his girlfriend at the time, uh, uh, Marjorie, I can't even pronounce the name, Dietrich, supplied the drug Molly. Marjorie? Yeah, Marjorie. Um, The drug Molly, and I think I've heard of that, that linked to a 17-year-old Megan Pacheco, her death. So this, this, this young girl dies. They sell it to her. And they get probation. This is in the same state now that is giving 110 years to a truck driver that lost control of his vehicle. So, so what they should do is, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a mechanical issue at your tractor, just tell them, "Sorry, I was just drunk." Don't even admit that it was your tractor. You know, like you were sober in every form, and that your tractor just screwed up somehow. Just say that it was something else, because evidently they just have no issues with drugs or alcohol. They just have an issue with something naturally being wrong with your truck. Well, now, this week also now, I guess the prosecutors are now also saying this was too stiff. They're, everybody's really vying. But listen. Yeah, 4.3 million petition signers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this this uh, article, though, will knock your socks off. Listen to this. This is concerning 
You got your socks on? Yes, I do like them too. Okay. Listen listen to this. Um, prosecutors in I-70 trucker trial exchanged semi-trailer brake shoes as memento. They took the brake shoes, right, and made like a trophy out of it. The prosecutors did. And listen to this. It says, two deputy district attorneys who prosecuted the trucker sentence last week, okay, for uh, causing a fatal pileup on Interstate 70, exchanged a trophy-like gift. Um, Facebook post by deputy, I'm sorry, uh, uh, a trophy-like gift featuring a brake shoe after the guilty verdict, according to a screenshot of Facebook post by Deputy District Attorney Kayla Wilder, Wildman, in the updated post, which appears to have since been deleted or made private, Wildman turned a brake shoe from the semi-truck into a memento. An image attached to a post shows a gold plaque on an apparent brake part. The plaque includes Wildman's name, the the case number, and the trucker's case, and the photos, I'm sorry, the phrase, I-70 case. The truck driver, uh, Raguel Aguilera Medeiros, 26, said during the trial that he lost his brakes in Colorado's high country on the, on 25 April 2019 and could not control the semi-trailer he was driving. He ultimately crashed into stop traffic under an overpass in Lakewood and killed four people in a fiery 28-car pileup. So, anyways, long story short, the judge steps in and reprimands these two prosecutors. They handled it quietly, and even the, the, the defense attorney said, very poor taste. Yeah. I mean, so you guys are all of a sudden celebrating because you, and they're like, well, attorneys always high five. Okay, you know what? Go do your little high five. But honestly, to get this plaque made of a trucker brake shoe stating your victory in, in prosecuting this man was a little bit, a little bit poor in my book. I, I would say uh, the good note is they're now at least vying to get this guy a reduced si- sentence. They're, they're vying for clemency, which means leniency, uh, mercy, basically uh, like a reduced sentence. But that that part right there was kind of disturbing. Mm-hmm. That's like that's like bronzing a, a whiskey bottle. Yeah, it's like high fine over just. It's, I, I it's don't poor. Yeah, it was very poor. But anyways, so in closing this out and moving on, Ruthann, um, I really 100% feel for the victims, the victims that, you know, Aguilera killed when he lost control. You know, they deserve justice also. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean that sincerely. If it was our family, we would want justice. But I would not want somebody to go for 110 years. It, no. it was and it was an accident. It's the penalty, I'm going to tell you, penalty-wise, honestly, five to 15 years tops. I mean, and that's even a lot for a guy that made a mistake. It was a mistake. There's a difference between the DUI guy who intentionally went out driving. And we know people. There was a a, a, a case here in Florida not long ago where a guy ended up killing his best friend down in Tampa. Right, because mm-hmm. he was drunk and he and he wrecked the car and the passenger, which was high his profile, best friend. High profile. Case. He got eleven to fifteen years or something like that. That mm-hmm. was it. That was it. But here's the thing: 
if, if, if something happened like that in our family or someone that we knew or something to that effect, we wouldn't, you know, I would, if it was me, I would say, why are we going after the driver when it really wasn't his fault? It was the tractor's brakes. It was the company. It was the maintenance of the vehicle. Even though he might have done his pre-trip, you know, I don't know that, but... Well, he bears responsibility. He bears responsibility, yes, because he could have used the runoff ramps and stuff like that. So, yes, there is responsibility there, but... He is not the only one that should hold that responsibility. Agreed. 100% agreed. No, because the company is the one that needs to keep that tractor maintained. And you already said that they have a bunch of other violations that they have against him for mechanical issues. Well, like I said in the beginning, all the way from his training. Mm-hmm. And that's, there's a reason why like 99% of every company out there will not hire an inexperienced driver that hasn't had the proper training. Right. That's really what it comes down to. You don't hear of a case like this much where a guy loses control and then kills people. You know, unfortunately, he got to the bottom of that hill, which was amazing, mm-hmm. okay? But there was stop traffic. How how bad of 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 a you know, you it's like, "Oh, you're screaming." He's probably screaming trying to hold that back. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it. And you come under the underpass and it's stopped traffic. That's like bad fate all the way. You know, something's going to, I hate, I really honestly hate to say it like this, but something was going to have to stop them. The, the people in the vehicle is what's horrible. I mean, honestly, the fact that he had nothing major wrong with him. I mean, he could have ran into so many other th- things could have stopped him. But you know, if... Just take away those cars at the bottom of the hill. Mm-hmm. If they're not there, he can he can literally get slowed down by the compression. Eventually, if there's nothing st- if there's nothing in the way, it's an interstate. You just just keep slowing down, and when it slows down more, you downshift, you downshift, and then you get it to the side of the road. And if it won't stop, you know, put Jake, it in a ditch. Jake brakes. You yeah, know, well, I don't know. Does tractor have a Jake brake? Well, I don't know if his did or not. You know, as I'm I, saying, I don't know any of that. But. but but the bottom line is, if the traffic wouldn't have been there, you know, fate would have had it to where, okay, boy, did I get lucky. I'm glad there wasn't in anything in my way. Mm-hmm. I came to a stop, and I'm sure that's happened to truck drivers in the past. You know, mm-hmm. so. But anyways, moving on, Ruthann. Let's let's uh, let's look into this a little further. I'm sure there's definitely going to be um, updates on this particular case, being mm-hmm. that there's over four million people that are out there saying, no, we're going to put our signature on this and uh, we're going to get this truck driver some help. Oh, you know what? The other thing I want to tell you, um, I read an article where trucking, small trucking companies are telling their drivers, go around Colorado, I'll pay you extra not to go through Colorado. So there's actual trucking companies and truck drivers that are refusing to actually go into Colorado. The one guy was quoted as saying, don't even do not buy anything in that state. Nothing. Um, we're giving them nothing. So a lot of truck drivers are really coming down on Colorado. Well, they need to update their laws. I mean, that's not, and it's probably not the first law or the only law that needs to be updated. I mean, it's, it's sad. It's a sad truth that, that a lot of our, our across the United States is, is, needs to be updated on, I mean, if you're going to update tons of other things and other laws, you need to look further into certain ones, and that's that's one of them that needs to be looked in. But I want to say... You want to move on? Speaking of laws. Speaking of laws. J.J. Keller knows them. Yeah. 
Hey, yeah. that's a good way to introduce our next sponsor. I like our next sponsor. JJ Keller is an awesome company to help drivers stay on top of all of their regulations, all of their paperwork. They will even help any questions that you might have. You need to to contact them at 888-601-2017. They are the trucker's secretary, like Ruth Ann says. They'll keep you organized. Any of those filings, any new drivers looking to become owner-operators, all that paperwork, call Keller, 888-601-2017. Ruth Ann, check this article out. Um, U.S. probes potential uh, uh, of drivers playing video games in Teslas. I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted yeah. over it. I mentioned it to you earlier, and you were pretty shocked over it. Um, I'm just going to read a little bit to, uh, of this, and you can head over to Transport Topics and read the rest of it. It says, uh, the U.S. has opened a formal investigation into the potential for drivers, Tesla drivers, I should say Tesla drivers, to play video games on a center touchscreen while the vehicle is in motion. In a document posted December 22nd, on its website, the agency says the feature called Passenger, Pl- Passenger Play may, di- may distract the driver and increase the risk of a crash. To date, the agency has received the owner complaint describing the gameplay functionality and has confirmed that this capability has been available since December of 2020 in Tesla Passenger Play equipped vehicles. A NHTSA spokesman said in an email, before this time, enabling gameplay was only possible when the vehicle was in park. So prior to 2020, uh, um, what did it say? December of 20, you had to be in park. Now, Tesla, to me, I'm, I'm just being honest. I mean, I like Elon Musk. He's, you know what I mean? He's a guy that's, you know, everybody. Sounds like a clone. I, I just can't get past Well, everybody name. aspires to be. You know, a, a guy that creates like Musk does. I mean, he's you know he's a he's a guy that's done well um, as far as you know climbing the ladder. But listen, to this it says the probe which covers all four Tesla models. The X, I'm sorry, the S, the X, the Y, and the three was open to evaluate the driver distraction potential of Tesla passenger play while the vehicle is being driven. Investigators will evaluate aspects of the future, including the frequency. And use scenarios of Tesla passenger play. So bottom line is another guy wrote in and he and he showed um, it says here that the probe by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration covers about 580,000 electric cars and SUVs from model years 2017 to 22. So realistically, a guy wrote in, he was like, no way, this can't be true. Well, he had a car and he didn't even know it had it on it. So he went to an abandoned parking lot with that. He went to this abandoned parking lot mm-hmm. and put it on passenger play. And he was able to play all kind of games while the car drove. He was able to sit there playing a video game while his car drove him around. And you know what it reminded me of? Mm. Do you remember? Um, and I, this was a few years ago. There was a Tesla car that a guy was killed in because a semi truck pulled out onto a highway that they said... It was basically the same color as the sky in the background. Right. And But the Tesla guy, what was interesting was the Tesla driver was playing chess, I think. Well, that's what I was just going to tell you, and that's what I was literally looking up. Oh, you got it? Do you have it right there? Yeah. 
Good. Just tell. Just give us a little tidbit of that and bring us back. What year was that? It was. Um, well, this came out. The article was February twenty fifth of twenty twenty, but I think it was in two thousand. Irresponsibility by car maker Tesla and by a Tesla driver contri- contributed to a deadly crash in California in two thousand and eighteen. So it was it was like three years ago. I always thought it was earlier than that. So it's good to explain to us. Is that what it was? He was playing chess. The driver appears to have been playing a game on a smartphone immediately before his semi-autonomous 2017 Model X accelerated into a concrete barrier. So he was, I guess, he was playing chess on his cell phone when it happened. Not like he was in his car playing. Right, but but that one there, you just said it. He hit a. a a barrier. Yeah, he had a concrete wall because his Tesla didn't know the concrete wall wasn't... Right, but <laughs> the one I was talking about, there was a guy, It said the article had said the tractor trailer, the trailer was basically kind of blended in mm-hmm. with the background, mm-hmm. and he ran right into the side of the tractor trailer and was killed. That was another article, if you can find Yeah, I'm going to look for it real quick. But, I know which one you're talking about but now. That, but that one was like... Way long ago. I mean, I'm talking like 15, 16, something like that. Like probably one of the earlier Teslas. But anyways, here's really what it comes down to. So, you know, I wanted to read this article, but what does it really come down to, Ruthann? You know what it comes down to? Don't trust an autonomous vehicle. Hello? I mean, like like we were, like I said in the beginning of the, of the podcast, to me, you know what? You, you can give me an autonomous vehicle that supposedly will never wreck and I guarantee you, I'm not taking I ain't my hands. trusting it. Yeah, I'm not taking my hands off the steering wheel. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, let alone, I'm gonna. You know what? See, that's the thing about when you start trusting something a little bit. You, all you all you have to do is trust it. Okay, well, I can get up real quick and move to the other side of the. Or go to my the back of my tractor trailer. Like I'm just talking about, like say an autonomous tractor trailer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that everybody's talking about these things coming, right? Well, are you gonna tell me? All right, it's safe for me to get up out of the driver's seat and go to the back. Well, what's going to happen is drivers are going to do little increments like that. Okay, let me get up and stretch my legs for a second. Oh, well, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what? Um, you know what? Let me go get something out of the fridge for a snack while I'm uh, while I'm sitting in the fridge or sit, sit, <laughs> while I'm sitting. <laughs> They're going to the, turn into a fridge while I'm sitting <laughs> in the driver's seat, right? So you, you do that, but you're, keep, you're, look, you're looking back just in case you have to grab the wheel. You're looking back. You're looking back, right? And it's driving by itself. And you get away with it, right? You get away with it. And then each time, each little thing that you think you're going to do, right, you get away with it. And you get right. away with it. That's, that's what happens. Exactly. And then eventually something's going to fail inside that truck, yeah, because and you're gonna get killed because you keep getting away with it. You're not paying as much of attention. You're 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 slacking, and you're not doing exactly what you need to do to keep focus. A hundred percent, thousand percent agree with you. A hundred percent. Do you want to know an interesting fact? You have an interesting fact for us today. I do. Are we moving on to your interesting fact? Yeah. Sure. What do you got? Reindeer. It's the time of year where everybody knows reindeers, right? Right, Rudolph, I know. Yeah. So in the summer, reindeers have a different color eyes than they do in the winter. Their eyes change colors. Yeah? Yep. I don't think that's that interesting. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Name another animal that can change its colors in the seasons. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so in the summer, reindeers' eyes are golden 
and in the winter they are blue. The reason that they change it at the time of the year is so that they can see better in different light levels because the reindeers are in a different area of the country that the light is not as bright as long. Yeah, wow. You know what somebody in church told me last night? They said, your eyes got sparkles. You know how you always say, I'll get a twinkle? Yeah, it's because of... Because of that operation I had. Yeah, I had I, someone say that to me at dance the other day, too. Yeah, it's funny. I didn't... And see, I can't see it, and everybody should know. I had my lens replaced in my eyes a few, uh, years ago, mm-hmm. maybe 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and it created... What do you call it? Twinkles. Yeah, and... It's like, it'll like flat. Somebody said it's, it reminds them of like a cat's eyes. Yeah, um, it's, it's the light refracting off of our lenses. And what happens is you have to have the light hit your eye in a special way. And it literally it looks like little, uh, to me, it looks like twinkles in the, in, in yeah. the middle of your eye. Um, so I'm a freak. At the studio, at the studio, one of the moms was looking at me. And she goes, oh, hold on a second. She looks, she turns her head around. She kind of looks a couple of times cocking her head and she goes, no, that's your eye. And I go, twinkles? And she goes, yeah. I thought you had something on a, on a contact. I said, no, I'm not wearing contacts. I had my lenses replaced. And she goes, that's really freaky. I said, yeah, I know. I used to tell that to my husband. Because what was worse is at night when you would look at me and the light from like wherever would shine at your face, that's when it would twinkle. So it was kind of demonic at the same time. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, let's, listen, let's move on. I got one last article I want to talk about. Okay, because then I have another interesting fact. That's cool. Trailer production. Yes. Okay. Tell us what's the update. Interesting enough, um, what they're saying, now these are experts, you know, who are the experts? But they're really saying 2023 till we recover. But what's interesting, they said, when we do recover, mm-hmm. it's going to be a flood in the market. I'm going to read it here in a second, but I want to, I want just want to say this is agreeing with what I'm saying. And what I'm saying is this, like with tractors and trailers and stuff in our, in our industry, because of the production line being bad, um, they're raping each other on price. Right. A used truck right now is going for almost what a new one goes for. And what, but the difference is. It's a motor with a lot of miles on it. It's used. Hello. And so what's going to happen is in about a year and maybe less when production, and it's slowly picking up now, but once it's in full force, it they're going to have so many made that the used vehicles, the prices are going to be worth, they're going to go to the seller again. Because mm-hmm. this happened in like 2008, 2009. Do you remember when General Motors and... Um, Ford and, and Dodge, they were all selling vehicles with like ten and $20,000 rebates on it. It was just ridiculous, okay, because they couldn't sell new, new vehicles. And then all of a sudden, the market was flooded, and the, used, the, new, the new vehicles were selling like crazy. And the used, the used vehicles, nobody wanted them. But if you were a mechanic back then, you were making money because you were trying to keep these used vehicles, you know, uh, working for people and it was working out. Well, it's the same, almost the same thing now with, with production and what they, what they said was, and what's interesting, I wanted to find this one part in the article. I really don't care about most of the other part, but what they were saying is um, there's over, there's over 20, possibly upwards of 40 different components that they're short on to be able to, you know, make the trailers 
you know, like, for example, maybe landing gear crankers or something like that, you know? Okay. You see what I mean? And in, in the, and it's anything from plastics to um, metal to rubber. There's so many parts. And, and the one thing they were talking about was um, this one uh, chip or whatever that they're trying to solve, obviously, to get producing. They said, even if we got, you know, all these chips. Mm-hmm. They said it wouldn't make a difference because there's still at least 20 other things on the truck that we can't get. Right, right. You see what I mean? Yeah. So this is really, it's not just, like everybody goes, oh, it's the chips. No, it's not just the chips. It's all kind of. It's the dip too. It is. The chips and the dip. Right. right. Chip and dip. <laughs> it's the dips too. So so anyways, they're saying 2023 is where they foresee, and I had heard that before, was where they really foresee all of a sudden, an, a flood of it. And so what I'm thinking is going to happen also, the banks that are financing all these guys on these used trucks are going to see a lot, a lot of repos because people are going to be like, you know what? This truck keeps breaking down. I'm, I'm in a truck that's, it's, 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 it's the trade-in value on that vehicle that you pay overpay by $50,000, you're going to lose your butt so much because when the when the market's flooded with new vehicles, right? And you go to trade in that vehicle, well that vehicle now is selling for $50,000 less than you would have paid for it a year ago in the pandemic, your trade in value is also going to be crap. No, it would. I mean they, that happened with houses too. All the values went down at one point because there's too many it flooded. The house's values weren't there. But I got to mention, Troy Troy likes to talk with his hands. So as he was talking, he was making all the different motions. With his, he doesn't, he's looking at me like, what? Yeah. Yeah, you're going like this and this. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> me. I'm a hand guy. Yeah. It's like he was trying to do like the... I'm, I'm like the guy directing the airplanes. Okay, anyways. So, moving on. Ruthann, you said you got another little tidbit for us. And I then do. You got the word of the day I for us do. today? And I got a joke. I am like full of info today. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear it. So, 49 years ago, something special happened in the football community. Oh, yeah? Well, you were telling me a little bit about it earlier. I did. So I quizzed you. But and I thought I knew a little you bit more because you know what's funny? I was watching that football game. Ha, okay. This is by the way. This what is year? A, this is. The, I just want to tell everybody this is a sports trivia Ruth Ann brought in to our trucking podcast. But it's an interesting one for especially for you guys that remember what was it called Ruth Ann? The Immaculate Conception. Reception. Or the the Immaculate Reception, which was obviously Pittsburgh. Was it in the Super Bowl or was it in the playoffs? It was a playoff. I I, I was. Who were they playing? Oakland. So it was against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And it was 49. It was 1972. So I was actually doing the math in my head when you said I was sitting in the living room. I'm like. I was a little kid. I you had, were seven. I, I, I swear to you, I remember that game. You were seven years old. It doesn't re- matter. I remember nothing. That's Dorian sitting down on a couch watching a football game. That's But listen to me. And Dorian's our grandson, by the way. So in case everybody's like, who the hell's Dorian? But listen. I remember one thing when I was seven. It was that. Because I was, I was at home. <laughs> Forget the first girl listen, crush he had at seven. It, it was that the listen, football game. Listen to me. <laughs> I've been a Pittsburgh Steeler fan all my life. Evidently, you were seven when this happened. <laughs> and I was laying on the couch with the flu, and I was home. It was in December. I I know. I I was. <laughs> I remember that week. I was on. I had the flu, and I remember watching 
that game, and I remember when he threw that ball, and I th- really thought that Swan or, or um, uh, whatchamacallit, it would have been on the weekend. I wouldn't have been in school if that's what you're looking up. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to yeah. say. What day I, December 23rd was. Yeah, but, <laughs> Ruth, but Ruthann, I was still home that whole week from the, the flu. You understand? Yeah, and so I, I was on the couch. I remember that week. I was home, sick with the flu, and I literally watched that football game. And I'll never forget when that ball went, and it, it, it went, I think it bounced out of one guy's arms and into, is it Harris you said caught it, right? Well, I can I can say it. I mean, you can keep saying it, and then I'll tell exactly what the truth was. Well, I'm just saying I rem- let's get your seven mind, seven year old mind of remembering. I remember the I remember Bradshaw winging that ball. You go ahead and read it. Okay, forty nine years ago today, which is December twenty third, nineteen seventy two, rookie Pittsburgh Steelers running back Franco Harris made the incredible catch and touchdown that secured the NFL oh, yeah. team's first playoff win. Boom. boom. A milestone occurred during the game against the Oakland Raiders before the game's now famous final touchdown. The visiting Raiders led 7-6. to six. Despite the Steelers' loss in the next round, some say the plane deemed the immaculate reception a turning point. The team won four Super Bowls since then, between 1975 and 1980. and 2019, an NFL network named the immaculate reception the best plague the league in History. You know what I think, if I remember correctly, that was the one where Bradshaw threw the ball. There was a collision, right, with the receiver and the and the other guy, and the ball flew back in the air. O'Harris picked it up at his, like, shoestrings. He it, it didn't hit the ground. He caught it and ran it in for a touchdown. That's the one I think that they're talking about there. Okay, so controversy still around surrounds that play. With 22 seconds left on the clock, Steelers quarterback Terry Bradshaw yes. attempted to pass to fullback John Frenchie. How do you pronounce his name? Fugua? Anyways, go ahead. Harris saw the ball bounce off of the Raiders defensive back, Jack Tatum, so he caught it and ran for what refers ruled a 60-yard touchdown. Yet the Raiders and their fans argue the ball bounced off of Fugua meaning Harris violated the NFL's double-touch rule. A caller on a Steelers color analysis, Myron Cope's radio show, coined the term immaculate reception, but Raiders supporters countered that it was an immaculate deception. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, but those Raiders, they were, like, known for brutality, and, and honestly, they were just, they were they were bad people. You know, the Steelers have been the best. But anyways... Say- Let's let's move on. But that that I'm glad you brought that memory back. But I do 100% was sitting there as a little kid watching that game. That was super cool. So you're at home hurt, like you're you're sick with the flu. I had the black lung pop. So <laughs> what what bird ends up constantly getting hurt? I don't know. An owl. <laughs> Is that your joke? That was my joke. An owl. <laughs> Wacko. All right. What do you got? What do you got for the word of the day? The word of the day. I think is something that we could use all the time, what especially is it? fishermen. Really? Yes. Let's hear it. Offing. What is it? Offing. O f f i n g. Exactly. Offing. Offing. Like like if you're gonna off somebody. I'm gonna offing. 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 And what's it mean? The more distant part of the sea in view. So when you're looking oh, out over yeah. the sea, it's that 
farthest point that you could see. I want to call it the horizon, but it's the offing. Let me tell you something. When I go out of my boat on the Gulf, and you're out there, when you go out to where you can't see any land, right? Mm -hmm. And you're looking, say, west towards Texas, and it's one of those days where the water is slick, what we, they call it slick calm. Mm -hmm. There's no waves. It looks like a mirror, right? Mm -hmm. And the sky is reflecting the same color. That's creepy. I mean, not creepy, you, but like just uh, it, an awe. It is. It's amazing looking. Mm -hmm. That's the offing, though, right? That's mm -hmm. what they're... Con but I want to tell you, that's when the offing is at its best. It's, it's mesmerizing because mm -hmm. you're like... You feel like you're in some other world out there. Would you ever see those pictures that they take, especially like up north in like the lakes of like Canada or something like that, where they mm -hmm. when they take that picture, they're they're like, which is the sky and which is not, exactly. because you can't tell. It's reflecting so well, yeah, that oh, you yeah. can't. It's you're looking at it and you're trying to find the little minuscule little yeah element where that will meets. show you where it meets. Well, where it will show you that it was the sky versus the land. So a sentence that you could use with this is, the captain saw another ship approach from the offing, gradually making its way closer. As they stood on the shore, the offing seemed to shimmer in the early evening light. Yeah, well, I will tell you, that's a great segment to end with, Ruthann, because that makes you, if, anybody, if nobody's ever been out to sea where it's a perfect, slick, calm day, and you get a chance to go on a cruise... Get up in the mornings and see if you can catch what we're talking about. Anyways, appreciate the podcast. And uh, the uh, our guest from Carter Lumber. Chris Collins. Yeah, that was a um, was uh, nice of them to come on and, and uh, give opportunity for drivers that want to go local. And I think we are out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord. And now enjoy our interview with Carter Lumber. Ruthann, let's go ahead and bring Chris Carter on with us. Uh, it's Chris Collins from oh, Carter. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm in an airhead. Chris, how are you doing today? Good morning, guys. How are you? Good, buddy. So, so Chris, what, what? first off, what? what is your title there? What do you do? I'm the general manager of our location. Oh, so you're the GM. Awesome. And, and you say by location. I know in our paperwork it always states that you have 166 locations. That is correct, right? We do, yes. Mine's uh, located in Elyria, Ohio, which is about 20 minutes west of Cleveland. What was that town again? Elyria. And where, explain where Elyria is. I can't remember where that's at. Yeah, it's about 20 minutes uh, west of Cleveland. We're about 10 minutes or so from Lake Erie. Oh, okay. So you're up there in the cold, cold. The, the, that's the first thing I thought of was Burr. The, the whiteout area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I used to run, when I was a driver, I used to run from Chicago to Pennsylvania every week doing LTL work. And I used so, to run yeah, right, you, right through your area. Prob yeah, you probably you probably took the turnpike right across. Yeah, I did. When it was bad, actually, when it was bad enough, I jumped down on seventy. But anyways, so you're the GM, and so 166 locations. We what I, what I really want to do with with Carter Lumber today is I really want to show uh, our, our driver audience what they can get, uh, you know, as far as get out of a career with Carter Lumber, if you would, with us. Um. Our business in general, there's just there's a ton of room for improvement. There's a ton of room for opportunity. Um, and, and just a guy that wants to come into work every day and you know do an honest day's work and can be dependable, can be reliable. I mean, like you see, um, you know, you can move up through the you know, through different responsibility levels, you know, based on what you want to take on. Chris, is that what the advancement opportunity is? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I um, I started with the company as a Class B CDL driver. 
Uh, I was about 23 years old when I started with the company. I've been with them about 18 years at this point, and I've moved up, you know, from being, you know, a young driver that had very little experience in the lumber business and zero as far as, you know, sales positions or management. And over the years, you know, opportunities are offered, and I really took those opportunities, you know, whether I was 100% confident I could do the job or not, but, you know, just having an attitude that you're not going to fail, you know, that there's people depending on you, you know, whether that's family or that's, you know, your employer, your customers, and just, you know, taking those opportunities as, as you go. I, I can tell you just from my location, um, I value drivers, and I feel our company definitely values drivers. I can tell you um, my dispatcher here started with us as a truck driver. My operations manager started as a truck driver with us. My inventory specialist started as a driver. I've got sales support that started as drivers. I've got outside sales guys now that started as drivers. Like I said, you know, just to be a successful driver, I think, you know, you, you have to have those, those, you know, those professional qualities and be able, you know, to interact with customers, which opens the door to a lot of different opportunities. You know, honestly, I've actually was in a conversation recently how a lot of companies don't advance you up through the ranks, you know, these days. And that's a beautiful story, Ruthann, when you hear of a company where sounds like most of their staff started out as, as, as I shouldn't, I don't want to say just a driver, you know, because the driver job is just as important as the GM. But the bottom line is, you know, as far as responsibilities go, like he said, the responsibility level, you get up to GM, you're responsible for much more than just, you know, driving and delivering a truck. That's amazing that a company would do that for you, Ruthann. What do you think? Well, what I'm thinking is, you know, like Chris just said, he started 20 ish years ago with the company so that shows first that he's been there for because the company started in 1932 i believe wow wow so it shows that that he was there not in the beginning but quite a you know it was still it had some good footage it had some good roots in this in their in their community when he started with them or i shouldn't say talking to you about you in a third person but when you chris started with them you see more of their growth and what I like about hearing all those um, fellow employees that you have in your specific location, it shows that the company cares enough that you're willing to stay with them that length of time that you've advanced from not only driving, but on into other aspects within that company to show that, hey, I really like the company and staying with them. No, for sure. When I'm interviewing you know, applicants that are coming in, I'm able to you know, show them our equipment show them they want to be a you know a great successful driver. We're going to support them, you know, with current equipment that's well maintained, and you know, give them the tools to be successful. But I, if, in the same breath, I'm able to show them, you know, if you don't want to be a driver, you know, in the future, I can show you real opportunities. I can introduce you to people, you know, right here under our roof that came in just like you did. And over the years, decided to you know give something else a try, nice, and to be able to you know be supported. I have a strong belief in not handcuffing our employees. A, a great driver doesn't have to be a great driver if that's not what he wants to do going forward. Somebody gave me an opportunity, you know, to get out of the truck at some point and you know try something new to get into you know to come into our showroom and do sales and do those other things and. I'm forever grateful, you know, to those people that gave me those opportunities because they've helped me get to where I'm at. And now, 
you know, and now I'm able to offer those same opportunities, which is, you know, very rewarding. Why, why did you start working for Carter Lumber? What, what oh. interested you about the company? Okay, so I had worked for another lumber company that was about 15 minutes away or so from that one. I'd been with them uh, for about four years. I started pushing a broom in the warehouses with no idea whatsoever I was doing. I, I was just, you know, just a young kid and actually had a son on the way and just needed a job with full-time benefits. Uh, so I worked for them, you know, moved up through, uh, you know, pushing a broom to helping customers to eventually getting a, you know, driving non-CDL vehicles and then eventually getting a CDL. And they were really big on, you know, during the winter, they were very big on, you know, cutting hours and trying to save money. And a lot of companies, you know, when we get into to some seasonal, you know, uh, downtime, their first thought is, you know, let's start cutting payroll. Um, you know, let's knock guys down to 30 hours or let's make, you know, everybody take a, a, a day off or we're going to, you know, start, you know, start doing layoffs. And That's so cool. I was actually, <laughs> sure, and I was actually laid off um, and had an employee that I had worked with, with that company that had gone over to Carter. And he, uh, you know, called me and said, Hey, you know, we're looking for drivers down here. And their manager called me and I came in for an interview and, uh, you know, started right away. And I really have never agreed with the concept, you know, of, you know, of, you know, cutting hours and, you know, doing those kind of things. When I interview somebody, I mean, I, I promise them on the spot that you will get your 40 hours one way or another. I feel that as a, as a good employer, I have that responsibility to you to make sure that, you know, I'm providing a job that you can pay your bills with, you know, that you can feed your family with. And if I need to, you know, try to make money and be profitable, it's not, it should not come out of your pocket. That's my responsibility. Okay. So, so I, I want to go back to more driver question for a second. Uh, what, what is a day's, uh, a day like for a, a truck driver at Carter Lumber? Talk to us about that. What is a typical day? What can they expect? Okay. So, uh, our drivers are going to come in, you know, depending on where they're headed that day between six and six thirty in the morning. Uh, they're going to be fully loaded. We always load our trucks the night before, you know, just so we're getting out there, getting on the road, you know, getting the job sites, you know, either before or at the time, you know, that our uh, contractors and customers are showing up. So they're going to run local. We're usually running about an hour uh, circumference around our, or a radius around our location. Not a whole lot of runs outside of that. So they, you know, they may have multiple stops on their truck. They may have, you know, large deliveries that are going out. So if they're running multiple stops, you know, we're going to try to load them up four or five stops so that they can go out, you know, make a big circle and be able to come back. Um, throughout the day, they're going to interact with their dispatcher. They're going to interact with yard foreman. They're going to interact with guys out there loading trucks. And a very important interaction they're going to have throughout the day is going to be with our customers. We explain, you know, to drivers, they may not see me every day. They may not see their salesperson every single day on a job site. But our driver, he becomes the face of the company on a lot of those job sites. Your sales guy may be out there once this week working on some things, but my driver may be out there two or three times. So the way that he represents himself on the job site really becomes their view of how Carter Lumber operates and you know how Carter Lumber values their business based on how that driver interacts. So they're going to 
run till you know three or four o'clock each day they're going to get back here in time to get loaded up and they're going to get home you know to be able to make sure that they're home for dinner or make sure that they're home for their kids baseball game or you know whatever their life is outside of work so would you would you say that's com- kind of what their company culture is like? They're they're family oriented or a lot of companies will throw around you know they were family oriented. I I think that that's a good a good keyword that gets people to feel comfortable with the company. Um, I feel Carter Lumber genuinely means it when they say it. We're, we're very genuine when we tell you that we want to be a family company. I, I particularly from my location, you know. If you need to come in late because you've, you've got a doctor's appointment or you need to leave early on Friday, you know, because you know, your kid's got a baseball game or something came up last minute. I want to work with you on those things. I feel that that brings value, you know, to the company that you're working for when they recognize that you're not just a number, you're not just a guy in a truck, you're not just a driver or just a sales guy, you know, you're a person and we value your time. So we feel like, you know, when we're responsible, you know, to you, you're responsible to us, and it's the best situation for everybody. That sounds wonderful. That's more than likely why everybody seems like they're staying there, why they're enjoying being part of the company for as long as they are. So, so tell me, what what's the benefit of an over-the-road truck driver switching to local? I mean, talk to us about that, because I know you offer both. You actually have uh, Class A and Class B, but it's all it's all local that you do, right? The drivers don't do any over-the-road at all for Carter Lumber, do they? Uh, for my particular location, we're going to run local. Um, the typical location is not going to run any deliveries overnight. Everybody's going to come in in the morning. You know, you know, we're, we're going to hustle and get stuff done through the day so we can all get out of here at a good time and, you know, get home to the reason that we come here to work every day, you know, which is our family. Yeah, see, here we're in Florida, and the housing market is, what would you call it, Ruthann, booming through the roof? It's going, I mean, just... On, in our residential area, I think we've seen about six to eight houses going up over the last six, eight months. Just in our neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, so I would imagine Carter Lumber has as much work as a driver wants to work. For sure. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm very adamant about our guys. You know, if they, if they want to take off today, you know, because it's, you know, because we've, you know, taking care of our deliveries for today and, you know, they want to take an early day and go home, they're welcome to, but if they want to, you know, make sure they're getting their eight hours a day or they're getting their 40 a week, you know, we'll find something to help keep them busy and, you know, make sure that they're getting that check every week that they need. Awesome. So, so is there anything that you'd like to add to this, this, uh, little segment for Carter Lumber? I know, I know that we're told you have 166 locations and that's all east of the Mississippi, correct? It's nothing West Coast, right? Yeah, nothing west of the Mississippi. Uh, we've got a, a pretty heavy presence up into Michigan, Indiana, um, obviously a large presence in Ohio. Our main office is located in Kent, Ohio, uh, which is about an hour from my particular location. Um, but then we have stores going out as far east as New Jersey and then as far down south into the Atlanta market and over into the Outer Banks in the Carolinas. What would you like to say, Chris? Is there anything you want to tell a driver as far as why they should choose Carter Lumber to come to? I, I can just tell you, I've, I've been here 18 years. You know, when my bosses talk to me, the, the one thing that I've always you know, been able to genuinely say is my bosses in this company have never made me feel like I work for them. It's always been a what can we do to help? We're here to support you. You're not working for the company. You're, you know, you're working for the guys that are right above you. 
and those guys who have always made you feel respected and valued and that they genuinely care about what you're doing throughout the day and what they can do to help you be successful. The locations I'm looking at, just just off the, the website itself, there's like, I think, four in Baltimore area. There's like three in the Richmond area. There's there's like three or four up in the uh, Detroit area. So there, each large city has quite a few terminals yeah. right in that vicinity. So if you're a driver looking for local work, they have opportunity there to be able to place you they close to to like you said, you're you're just driving a approximate hour uh, radius of that terminal, so you're not really going too far out if you're wanting to stay right local. Well, Chris, I uh, truly appreciate you coming on. We uh, uh, love having uh, our sponsors come on and and uh, hang out with us for a little bit. Uh, Ruthann, is there anything else you'd like to ask, Chris? No, I think I've covered everything. Chris, is there anything at all that you want to close on? I mean, I, I was really, you know, excited to have this opportunity today uh, to be able to, you know, be able to go out and talk about a great company that I feel, you know, brings a lot of opportunity to individuals and, you know, really just supports employees. So very thankful to be able to get, to represent Carter Lumber today. Perfect. Thank you so much, Chris, for coming on. And, and you drivers out there, Again, Ruthann gave the address already. If you are interested in, especially you over-the-road drivers, Class A, you know when you have a Class A, you can get a Class B job. Um, if you're looking to be a local home everyday driver, go to carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL. And that will be it. Thank you, Chris, for coming on. Well, great. I really appreciate it, guys. You guys have a great holiday. You also. Right, thank, thank you. Merry Christmas. All right. Thank you.